Amen. Well, fellas, go ahead, and I'm going to go ahead. Everybody's going to get started at the same time here this morning. Thank you again, John, for uh, leading in worship. And, and every week, I just am so uh, blessed by by the, the worship. And, and uh, it, it truly, truly is encouraging. Well, for our guests here, and I know you've heard me, if, you, if you're here every Sunday, you've heard me say this many times, but, but for our guests here, I want to I wanna just explain what's going on. We are going through the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And we have been in the Sermon on the Mount since October. And we're almost done. At the end of this month, if you all hang in here for a couple more weeks, uh, and I hope it's not even like that. I hope we're not hanging in there at all. I hope we're just taking full advantage of, of, of God's Word. And, and, and I hope that you're going back over and over and over and rereading the Sermon on the Mount. You know, what I found is I have been studying this entire collection of, of verses that Jesus shares in this sermon. Most, or at least many of the verses that we hear that we're most familiar with in our Christian life comes from this Sermon on the Mount. The worry passage that we can turn to there in Matthew 6, and of course the Beatitudes as Jesus starts. But as Jesus finishes this sermon, as he begins to, to wind down and, and conclude the sermon, perhaps he is saving uh, the best for last. Maybe he's saving perhaps the most <coughs> important to him. I, I don't know. I don't know why he chose to have this section at the end of the sermon, but, but he certainly wants us to know that we can recognize the false teachers. Now, why was this such a concern for Jesus? Well, Jesus was having to, to deal with a group called the Sadducees. And they were sad, you see. Sorry, I had to throw that in there. First service laughed. Come on now, let's go. <laughs> All right, better, thank you. The, the Sadducees were, were a group of, of, of kind of a sect off the Pharisees, teachers of the law, but, but there was much that they refused to believe. They would not believe that there is a life after death. That there, there was not a, a heaven or hell. They didn't believe in angels. There's, there's several things. And, and so Jesus had to deal with their false teaching on a regular basis. And then he had another group called the Judaizers. And the Judaizers would just take the law. They made the law so much bigger than it was ever intended to be. They added and added and added and added. It just kept adding to it. I mean, they had it so confusing. People didn't know which foot to put in front of the other. They afraid they'd break the law. And so, so Jesus had to deal with these guys. And these are just two groups. There were many, many more. Um, the Gnostics are raising their heads at this point and, and, and other groups that, that uh, uh, are, are in Jesus' day and age. And so Jesus realizes that we need to be aware of the false teachers. And I think he realized, seeing ahead, like only he could do, that today, July 12th, 2009, we would be dealing with many, many false teachers, many, many false doctrines, false teaching. And so we need to be aware of it, and, and, and that's what I want us to see today. Last week I just shared verse 15. Today I'm going to share verse 15, start there, and then go all the way down through verse 20 as, as we look at some ways to recognize the false teacher and, and what we can do about it. Let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll look at this passage together. Father, thank you so much for who you are. 
for this incredible teaching of, of Jesus, for the way that you make your word clear to us as you do not want it to be mysterious or uh, something that we don't understand. Thank you, Father, that though this word was written thousands of years ago, it is as applicable today as it was the day that, that it was written. And so, Father, help us to take your word seriously, to take your teachings seriously, to make them so much a part of our lives that when we see false teaching, we'll quickly recognize it and we'll, we'll learn to stay away from that. So speak to us right now, Holy Spirit. Just be the message of the messenger and just help all of us to, to gain from these words of Jesus and to apply them to our lives. And I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 7, I'm going to start at verse 15. I know that the, the text is 16, but I'm going to go ahead and read the whole part uh, down through verse 20. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Now, Jesus, as I said, lets us know how we can recognize false teachers. And I think the first way that we need to recognize false teachers is to do something ourselves. And that is to answer some very important questions. And there, there are far, far, far more questions that I could have put on this list than what I did. But these are, the, the, the questions I've listed are things that are being attacked by false teachers in our day and age, in our world around us. Authors and teachers, preachers, different people are attacking different ideals here. So let's just ask ourselves some of these questions. And, and let me encourage you, if you, if you think, oh my goodness, I, I don't know. If you get your question, don't, don't, don't panic. Just go home, take your Bible, go to the concordance. And if, if you're, see my little Bible is, I just kind of use this for preaching because it's small. But my big study Bible at home has a really good concordance. This one has a, a kind of a, a very small concordance. So if your Bible doesn't have a good concordance, go get a good concordance. But, but do a word study. Do, look up some of these words and these questions and begin to study them. Begin to find the answers. I again want to say this. I truly believe this. Every problem that every single person in this world has, has a solution in God's word. I, I can't help but believe that. I, I believe that, that every single issue we have can, can, has an answer in God's word. We just have to look for it. We have to search it out. So, so the first way to recognize a false teacher is to ask yourself these questions and, and others, certainly. Number one, do I believe all of God's word? There's my word all, because all means all. Do I believe hell is a real place? Do I believe heaven is a real place? Do I believe that Jesus is the only Savior and only those 
who accept him will go to heaven. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. What do you think the answer is? Do I believe sin separates me from God? Do I believe sin is why Jesus died on the cross? Do I believe everyone will go to heaven? Do I believe that the new heaven and the new earth is intended for this world now? Or will God literally create a new heaven and a new earth? Do I believe the Bible is the inspired word of God or a human product? Do I believe in the virgin birth of Mary? So ask, ask these questions and seek answers. Now, the, the second part of this is I want you, and I'm putting our, our, our leadership on, on uh, the, the spot this morning, but I want you to ask these questions of the leadership. I want you to come to me and ask me any of these questions. Please, I invite that. I encourage you to go to David Faith and ask him. I encourage you to go to Garrett Lobsher and ask him. David Faith is our associate minister. Garrett Lobsher is our youth minister. I encourage you to ask. We have two elders right now, Clifton Bell. Clifton is away on business today, but, but when he gets back, ask him. I encourage you to ask John Sprinkle. Ask them these very questions. I think there needs to be accountability in God's leadership of every single church. I truly do. And when we aren't sure what the word says, oh my goodness. And so ask these questions. But thirdly, I encourage you to ask these questions of the Christian authors that you are reading. The Christian teachers that you are listening to. The Christian preachers that you are listening to. And when you, when you hear something that, wait a minute, that, I, I don't, that doesn't sound like God's word. Or that, do some research. Study. And when you find out that it's false teaching, you red flag that individual. I didn't say write him off yet. I said red flagging. Now, the next time he says something, you, you double red flag that. And the third time, I say, you disfellowship. You just, just don't listen to him anymore. If, if there is, is so much false teaching in his uh, preaching, teaching, writing, whatever, there's something wrong. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is never, ever mistaken. And so if somebody is taking the word of God and making it say something than what it says, we need to be very, very, very careful. And so I, I encourage you to do that. Now, the second way to recognize a false teacher is to be a fruit inspector. We need fruit inspectors. We need to do exactly what Jesus tells us to do right there in verse 16. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Who? The false teachers. And those that are teaching the truth. You'll know. It'll come out. Now some of these guys are, are really, really eloquent. I can't even say that word, but they are. Uh, they're, they're, very, they're very snazzy. They're very good. They're, they can just draw you right in. They get that persona. We talked a little bit about that last week. They, they, they can really draw you in. But be careful. Don't get snookered. 
Don't get lured. I, I love to fish. And, and the best the best lure is the one that looks just like the, the predator fish that that fish wants to go after. That's your best lure. That's the way Satan works. He can, he can take one of these guys and, and make it really sound good and look good and, and feel good. But be careful. Because if it's not the truth from God's word, it can only be from one other source. There's only two sources. There's only two. So, so I encourage you to, to, to be careful. But be a fruit inspector. God's word is your guide. This is your inspection guide right here. This is the guide you go by. This is, this is, is the, the GPS. This is everything we need in our day and age to, to, to live by. And this is what we need to watch everybody else by the standard of God's word. Because I'm going to tell you, the Bible means what it says. The Holy Spirit does not teach through a lying tongue. He never has and he never will. You, we, we all need to know the truth from the lies. And the only way to do that is to be in God's Word. Now, last week, you know, I, I, I pounded and pounded and pounded that we read, study, read, study, read, study. And more than just the devotional Bible, I have one of those, and I go through it, and I love it, and I enjoy that. But I'm talking about time where you really concentrate and focus on God's Word. Now, I was going to ask this week how many did more study, Bible study this week than last week, but I decided not to because I don't want to embarrass anybody. And, and, uh, but, but I hope and pray you did. I hope and pray that you did just like I told you last week. Take an hour out of your day. It doesn't have to be an hour all at once. If you're only good for 15 minutes at a time, then take 15 minutes at a time. But for that full 15 minutes or that full 30 minutes or that 45 minutes or an hour, however you want to break it down, you make sure God has your full attention and you read God's Word and you study and you ask yourself, am I living it? Am I doing this? Am I living this way? Am I following this? And you really make it the guide that God intends it to be. So I encourage you once again, the only way, church, beloved, the only way we're going to recognize the false teachers is if we know the truth. That's it. Otherwise, we could really, really be led astray. So, so read God's word. Find out for yourself. If, if there's something you don't understand, write it down. Call me, call one of the, the leaders here, and hopefully we can help you find an answer. If not, we'll all look together until we do find an answer. And so, so make sure God's word. Pray, even before you read, pray, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. God, speak to me. Show me. Make it clear to me. God's word is meant to be understood and applied. And so even before you begin reading, just, just and then say, God, help me to focus. Help me for the next 30 minutes or however long this period of time you said. Help me to really focus on you and to really, really, really concentrate on you. Forget about everything else and just focus on your word. You see, I really believe that we need to be Berean Christians. What? Berean Christians. What's a Berean Christian? Well, turn over to Acts chapter 17, verse 10 through 12, and I'll, I'll show you what a Berean Christian is. Acts chapter 17, verse 10 through 12. 
As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea, to town. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now here, here, here's a Berean Christian. Notice verse 11. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Did you catch the end of that? To see if what Paul said was true. Paul, are you kidding me? You're going to refute Paul? Are you nuts? Don't you know how holy that guy is? Don't you know how like, big he is in the eyes of God? It doesn't matter. Amen to these people. And amen to us when we become like them. Don't you dare take my word for anything. Now, I, I, I promise you. I promise you with every breath in my life that I am every single time I'm up here or in a small group or whatever, I am going to make every effort to present the truth of God's Word. But saying that, I will say I am human. And I could be mistaken. So if you hear me say something sometimes that seems foreign or, or not in accordance with God's Word, I want you to come and we need to talk about it. Because if I'm wrong, I need to know about it. I do need to know about it. I want to know about it. But I encourage all of us to become Berean Christians. To be what God would have us to be. And, and we, we must do that by, by being fruit inspectors, by, by doing it God's way, by reading the Word, getting that Word rounded deep into our lives. Making it a vital, vital part of our lives. Now, Notice that word eagerness. Because it's, it's right, let me read it again. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness. Now I hope when it comes time, well, Steve told me to read the Bible and study it, so okay. All right, God, help me understand this stuff, and it's going to, I pray it goes quick. <laughs> I hope you're more eager than that. <laughs> I hope you're, you're, you are excited. I hope you are excited about God's Word. I hope you are excited about, about what His plan for your life is, even if you're not sure, or even if you are sure what His future plans are you, for you. I hope that, that you really are excited about what God is doing through His Word to you and with you. And you're like, wow, God, I never read that before. I, I, I didn't realize that you would take care of me in such an awesome way. You, you, you see every sparrow that falls, and you say, I mean so much more to you than that. And you even know when every sparrow falls. Wow. And so you see, God's word can be truly, truly awesome. And then 2 Timothy 2.15 is another passage that we need to, to look at. Again, Paul is writing this time to uh, his second letter to Timothy. And he says this in verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A workman 
who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Did you catch that? Correctly handles the word of truth. Now let's look at this verse for just a minute. Do your best to present yourself to God. That little phrase, present yourself, is very interesting. In the Greek, it literally means to stand alongside of. Do your best to stand alongside of God. Now that's humbling, at least for me. A little scary, too, in some ways. Because I know my faults. But you do your best to study. You do your best to present yourself. To stand alongside God. And then notice this next part. We can go back to it. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. This word approve refers to favorably passing careful scrutiny and thereby being counted worthy. In other words, you stand beside God and you say, God, how do I measure up? How am I doing? It's like going before your professor or teacher in school and saying, okay, what grade do I get? And if God is pleased with your studying, your reading, your applying, your living out his word, stamp of approval. Now, there's a lot of things that I like to have approved. Loans. <laughs> Those always, oh man, when they do, you know, when they when they turn down a loan, don't you feel about this tall? Oh, what? My credit's good. What do you mean I didn't get this loan? What are you talking about? And it happens. But man, when it's approved, woo! Until the payments start coming in. We love approval. We love approval. Saul loves baseball. And after every game, I this past season I helped coach. And, and, and after every game, though I watched the whole game, he'd say, Dad, how did I do? I think I did pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, I struck at that one time, but I got the hit the next time. He was looking for approval. We are constantly looking for approval. Teenagers are putting on the hilt, dressing, and all these different things, looking for approval from their friends. And, and it doesn't stop at teenagers, honestly. And so we all want approval. But can you imagine anybody's approval being better than God's approval? Can you imagine saying, God, how am I doing? And he says, he says, my child, wow, I'm so proud of you. You're reflecting me. When people see you, they see right through you, and they see me. Well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, what words to hear. And so I, I encourage you to, to take this verse seriously as well. So we need to be fruit inspectors. We need to recognize the falsehoods from the truth. We need to see what really is true fruit, what is godly fruit, what is biblical fruit, and separate it from that which is not. Now, the other thing we need to do is, is to recognize false teaching. 
This is very serious to Jesus. And one way, and as far as I'm concerned, the only way to really recognize false teaching is to, to know the truth. So when something you hear seems foreign or what? Where is that? And when you look it up and you can't find it, red flag. Again, I, I can't stress the red flags enough. Red flag. That something is in direct contradiction to God's word, and, and some, some is. Some teaching is in direct contradiction to God's word. It is false teaching, and it needs to be called what it is. It is false teaching. Now, don't forget how sneaky Satan can be. You know what Satan loves to do? He loves to put a little truth in it. He, he tried this with Eve in the, in the very first temptation, and he's been doing it ever since. And through the years, I think he's just perfected his, his, his workmanship. He loves to put just a little bit of truth so that it sounds good. Oh, that's, that's, that's biblical. <laughs> that sounds like it's from the Bible. I don't remember that, but it sounds biblical, so it, it must be right. Ooh, be careful. Be so, so careful. I really believe a little truth can be dangerous, but I really, really believe that a little truth can destroy. Satan would love to lure you away from the truth of God's Word. We've seen it happen in our lifetime. We saw it with that Jones movement back in the 70s, late 60s, early 70s. That whole cult, that whole thing started in Indianapolis, Indiana. This guy was a preacher in a church in Indianapolis, Indiana. And you saw what he did. It's it's happening all around us. So we need to be very careful. Now there's a, there's a memory verse I'm going to give you today. And I know, you know, kids that are here out of school, uh, don't panic, but you do have some homework. But your mom and dad has a homework too. So you, hope, you know, ask your mom and dad, they know it. So here's the memory verse. It's not hard. In fact, we're all going to say it together so that they will know what it is. It's 1 Thessalonians 5.21. And it simply says this, test everything, hold on to the good. Now that's not hard. So let's try that together. Test everything, hold on to the good. Wow. You just memorized the verse. How about that? And what a great verse to memorize. Test everything and hold on to the good. Hold on to that which is good. That which is of God. That which is biblical, that which is holy, that which is right. Test everything. Hold on. Clean. Don't let go of the good. I have placed back right over here in the Welcome area, welcome center area to your right. 
there's a long table there. Um, there is a one sheet front and back that has just a, a smidgen, a very, very small sample of false teaching that is prominent in our world. You'd be amazed. You would be amazed. And I have studied this for months. In fact, I, I'm glad this part of the series is over because I really am so sick of researching these false teachers. I mean, I am actually, honestly, yesterday and today, I am physically sick. Um, and I think it's, I think I know why. It's, it's not a bug. It's a bug. You, can, you can come up and give me a hug. I don't think it's, I really believe Satan's attacking. Because Satan doesn't want the truth to be known. He never has, he never will. But I physically have been sick the last two days. And I gotta go home and, and uh, lay down. But I, I want you to feel free to take one of those handouts. If we need to run off more, we will do that for you uh, before you leave. Um, again, it's just an extremely small sample. Um, there's, there's guys out there, I listened to a radio interview of a guy that, that flat out denied hell. That it's a real place. He says it's a condition of, of where we're at in this life. Well, yeah, I know days can feel like maybe hell. But when you look at the biblical description of what, how horrible hell is, and if, it, if hell's not a real place, then, then, then that rich man of Lazarus, where was that rich man? Where was he? Why was he so uncomfortable? Why did he say, oh, Lord, if, if Abraham, if you would just take the, 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 the fingertip and, and dip it in water, have, 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 the, have that servant do that, just, 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 oh, just to cool my tongue. Prominent people in the Christian world. Some of these have been declared. One has been declared by Time Magazine as one of the top ten most Influential uh, men in Christendom, in evangelist, in, in, in evangelical movement. Prominent people. So we need to be aware these, these people are all around us. And if we're not careful, and again, it's so subtle and so slow how the devil works sometimes. If I see a big old fish, and I want to catch that bad boy. I'm not going to hurry and reel it in. I'm going to take that little fish blur, whatever I've got, and I'm going to tantalize him. I'm going to put it right in front of him. I have a crappie on my wall at home. Not far from the state record, the Indiana state record. 17-inch crappie weighed over three pounds. I saw that dude a long time before he saw me. He wasn't hungry that day. I said, dude, I'm going to make you hungry. And I literally, I, I, it was the strangest thing I've ever done, but, but I caught him. I, I real carefully took a worm. And I just, and crappies always go after worms. I was fishing for other things, but when I saw this bad boy, mm, and, and, and he wouldn't take it. So I got it a little closer, and I just kind of wiggled it. And I made that, that worm look so real, and all of a sudden, whoo, and I had him. And whoever stuffed him for me had him. <laughs> That's the way Satan works. He's got a whole tackle box of lures. 
He's got a tackle box with your name on it. Did you know that? And he'll try everything in the box. I've done that too. Try everything in the box to, to catch you. And so we need to be careful. See, <laughs> this subject matter is so important to Jesus. And it's so important to me. And, and there's so many places. I could have taken you to Jude. I could have taken you to the Old Testament. I could have taken you all over God's Word, showing you the dangers of false teachers and false teaching. I mean, the Word of God is full of warnings. And so please, beloved, I, 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 I care about you so much that I'm just asking you to be careful. Be careful. Be so careful. And remember one more thing. The Bible is a pretty good commentary for the commentaries. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Maybe you've wandered from the truth. It's not hard to do. I did. Thank, <coughs> thanks be to the grace of God. I, I came back. Maybe you've wandered away and, and you realize, I, I want to be back. Well, I just encourage you to, as we sing our invitation in just a minute, come down and, and rededicate your life. We'll all work together and encourage each other and, and, and strive to find the truth together and feed the truth to one another. But maybe there's someone here that's never come to Jesus Christ. You, you've never made him Lord and Savior of your life. Oh, I encourage you to come down this very aisle and to just say, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, to have your sins washed away and to walk with him every day until we walk with him hand in hand. Maybe you want to be a part of the, the fellowship here, part of the family, already immersed believers in Christ. You, you really want to be a part of the family here at Williamsburg Christian Church. All that would encourage all of us. And we can just, again, work together, serving God. So whatever your need might be, let's go ahead and stand right now. And as we sing this incredible song, He lives. Don't forget, He lives. And I pray to God, He lives in each and every one of us. And we're proclaiming that life of Christ every day through our lives. Let's sing.